Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only. The Go Radio Football Show with The Taxi Centre. Hosted by Rob McLean, Barry Ferguson and Mark Weedy. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! Well, it's been a good week for Celtic so far. They beat Hibs on Monday, then watched Rangers drop points in Aberdeen last night and the difference at the top of the Premiership is back to four. Today, it seems Celtic are set to add to their squad with the signing of MK Dons midfielder Matt O'Reilly. So, Barry Ferguson, what about Rangers drawing at Petordry last night? Was that their worst performance so far under the management of Giovanni van Bronckhorst? Well, it was a, a disappointing performance and result, Rob. Uh, no doubt about it. Since Gio's come in, the, the levels that they've been playing at has been exceptional. Um, but sometimes when you don't play at the levels you're expected, um, it come away with at least a point isn't the worst result. And the, the way down in the bus, I'm sure he would be disappointed. But look, overall, you've got to say Aberdeen were good on the night. Um, in that three weeks absence for Rangers, they looked a bit rusty at times, but Look, listen, coming away for Petodre with a point, looking at the grand uh, scaly things, ain't the worst result. Obviously, you want to go and try and get three points. Um, but listen, there's still four points um, ahead of Celtic in the league. Um, and obviously, they've got the Scottish Cup coming up at the weekend. They just need to get back to another good performance and get back to winning games again. Yep, and that's pretty much uh, what the Rangers manager is saying too. We'll hear from him in the course of the show. Rangers have Sterling Albion Friday night, Scottish Cup, then Livingston at home next Wednesday. Ross County and Dingwall a week on Saturday. Then it is Wednesday night in two weeks' time at Celtic Park. Celtic, before that, Barry's Alloa in the Scottish Cup on Saturday. Hearts at Tynecastle on the Wednesday. Dundee United at home a week on Saturday ahead of that title crunch match in the East End of Glasgow. So lots of football to be played between now and then, but it's a game that I think is on all of our minds, uh, Mark Guidi, even a fortnight away with those two title rivals on a collision course. Yeah, February the 2nd, Celtic v Rangers at uh, Parkhead. It'll be a cracker. And if it stays at uh, a four-point uh, gap, it is um, all to play for. And Celtic could peg it back to one. Rangers could go seven clear or it could be a draw. But um, I was surprised at last night's result, Rob. I did think that Rangers would win. But as Barry said, credit to Aberdeen. They did play well. Plenty of controversy. Plenty of talking points. And yet again, Rob, another indication of why we need VAR. Because yeah. I think if we'd VAR last night, the original calls from from Kevin Clancy and his his um, his fellow his assistants wouldn't have been uh, the right calls on one or two um, occasions. So, what we're led to believe VAR has been put on hold in terms of the vote. That's wrong, Rob. We yeah. need it. We need to implement it and move on. Find the finance from somewhere. It will be money well spent and get VAR into our game. Here's Giovanni van Bronckhorst immediately afterwards. Aberdeen won, Rangers won. I think we could have been better on the ball. 
especially when we were uh, 1-0 up. We had the control we, we normally have, which is very difficult in a place like this. I think we could have uh, created some more chances to, uh, to make the second, but of course we knew they were going to push. I think Aberdeen uh, played, uh, played physical, but also were good on the ball. You know, then we got the penalty against us, 1-1, uh, and then of course with, uh, with 10 men, you, you knew it was going to be hard. So in the end, especially with 10 men, I think we were happy with, uh, with the 1-1 because uh, you know, a point is a point. Yeah, and that was your point pretty much at the top of the show, Barry, as well, that uh, actually it's no disaster, is it, to to drop a couple of points in Aberdeen, still four of a, of a, an advantage at the top. And Rangers are going to play a whole lot better than that than they did last night. Yeah, Rob, it's, I think he's bang on. I watched his interview after the game and, I, I, as I said, I totally agreed with him. The, in possession, Rangers weren't as good as they've been since Gio's come in. Um, and sometimes you get games like that um, and the most important thing is when you don't play well you come away with at least something from the game and as I said that three hour journey down the road I think Gio will look at it and think to himself right you know what we didn't play well we, we weren't at the levels that they've been since I've took over but the most important thing is we, we took a point I think if they look back maybe in six or eight weeks that could be a great point um, but overall I thought Aberdeen were really at it that's what you get look Gio's played here he knows what it's going to be like going to Petodre they're going to bend your faces they're going to try and ruffle you up a wee bit and that's what Aberdeen did to Rangers last night um, but listen I, I agree with Mark I thought some of the refereeing decisions um, were, were strange ones What about your nephew denying Rangers all three points? Yep <laughs> I don't want to say what I, I says when he, he scored that penalty um, but listen the penalty's got to be retaken because the ball moved mm -hmm. it was clear that the, the ball moved look Lewis put it away really well um, but listen it, it should have been retook no doubt about it Should Rangers have made more of a fuss about that? Because I'm the, surprised I, I, because I think what looking at Kevin Clancy when it happened he just had a thought in his mind that he was going to get it retaken and then decided against it. I was surprised that none of the Rangers players did um, go to him and mention it because obviously that when you're standing at the edge of the box you're, you're focused on the ball um, and when once the ball struck that's when you make your move into the into the box hopefully that Alan McGregor saved it or it hits off a post then you can obviously clear it. So I was surprised but it was clear that the, the ball certainly moved Um no doubt in my mind about that. He did well to actually control the spot kick, didn't he? Bearing in mind it was just trundling off the spot. Yeah, he did. Well, uh, they said last night on the TV, I think that's 10 penalties and he scored 10 penalties. 10 out of 10, so yeah. So he's becoming a, a bit of an expert. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> last night it was a, a, against Rangers. Um, but listen, he's done well. The ball has moved and uh, to keep it on target, he's done, he's done well for doing that. Here's Giovanni van Bronckhorst on that incident. If you don't have far, you know, the decision uh, which is made by the referee is the decision that, that counts. And of course, you know, uh, if you have far and, and we'll get every angle, you know, with the case with the long ball and, and uh, with, with Ellen in the first half, you know, maybe it's different. I don't know. With the penalty, we saw the wind, you know, it's windy here. We saw the ball moving and, you know, maybe with far it's had, had to be taken over, but, you know, it's the way it is. We have to... Uh, uh, accept the decisions by the referee and, and move on. 
it's pretty frustrating, isn't it, Mark? I mean, you've mentioned it already right at the top of the show. Uh, VAR, we just we just need it so badly. It would have sorted that incident with the, with the ball moving, uh, and it would have sorted the the McGregor versus Hedges incident. Um, I mean, it would, it would just have taken seconds, wouldn't it? Really, to look at reruns to know that there was contact. Yeah, um, you know, I think there was a first of all. I think it was a penalty kick, the handball against Morelos. I think that's the right call. Mm-hmm. Um, apart from that, I don't really think there was anything right. Penalty should have been retaken. Um, Aberdeen should have had a penalty in the first half. McGregor on hedges. Now, well, that's also a red guard for McGregor. I don't know. That would be up to the, the referees to really, you know, the letter of the law on that one. Was it a red card? Two yellow cards for Ryan Kent? No, I don't even think there was one yellow card no. in that. Um, never mind too and I was actually I was surprised Ryan Kent wasn't making more of it I don't know how angry it would have been if that was me in that situation so I thought that was the wrong call um, from the referee uh, I also think Giovanni Van Bronckhurst has taken it very well um, considering but I think you know there'd be many other managers that would have been given Kevin Clancy and the, mm. the officials um, a hard time because I don't think it was a, a red card but I do think Rangers have got away with one in the first half. McGregor on hedges, and also think it was a it was a penalty kick for Morelos. Now I know again, but they let the law. I think you, you automatically get booked, but I think it's harsh to book him. Um, you know, his arm has kind of moved towards it a bit, but I thought it was unfair to book him. But anyway, um, not a great night for the officials no. in an important game. Um, but again, just going back to the point about VAR, our referees want it. Rob, they want help. Mm. They see their counterparts down the road, and I know that can be a bit frustrating. You know, last week particularly the Man United Aston Villa FA Cup tie. I mean, it was it was ridiculous. You know, the amount of time mm. um, that it took, but it does help. You know, nine times out of ten, it reaches the right decision. Yeah. And when we've got millions of pounds at stake for every club, it's thirty-five million quid to win the title, or it's two million pound to stay in the division. There's been far too many decisions, as you know. Mm. You're up and down the country seeing seeing games at Barry's level in League One as well there's too many costly mistakes being made and it's people's livelihoods on the line you know it's not just about losing a point or losing three points the big, bigger picture is that could lead to relegation yeah. or lead to you not getting into Europe the knock-on effect of that is, is people lose boards, jobs managers' budgets could be slashed etc etc you know just get that in get the wheels in motion get the vote done the clubs want it as well yes it's going to be a struggle to finance it but surely to goodness for the good of our game you find a way to go and get it done Mark Greedy Barry Ferguson Rob McLean the Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre feel free to give us a call what did you think about that game last night was 1-1 right were Rangers lucky to get a point should it have been a penalty for Ryan Hedges when he clashed with Alan McGregor should Ryan Kent have been sent off uh, were you happy with the handball decision against Morelos what about the penalty Lewis Ferguson the ball rolling off the spot should that one have been retaken what do you think about VAR are we ever going to get it uh, how big a priority should it be? Should we be spending money on that? Maybe at the expense of spending money on other things to enhance the credibility of our game. 0808 17 17 700. Barry, want to get your thoughts on a few of those uh, decisions from last night, starting off with Ryan Hedges flicking the ball beyond Alan McGregor, who came flying out. The contact was inside the box. There was contact. 
Was that a penalty? Should yeah, that have been I, a penalty? I can see why Aberdeen are asking for the penalty. Alan McGregor, when you watch it when it slowed down, it, his eyes are on the ball. He's actually going to try and win it, but you could see after he goes through when Ryan Hedges catches the ball, his trailing foot does hit him and it's inside the box. So that that's a that's a penalty. And and that's something that's very easily and quickly sorted out. I mean, Mark's talking about big delays and via sometimes it turns into a complete panto. Um but there are things like a ball rolling off the spot or like spotting a contact. It wasn't difficult to spot the contact, really, was it, between McGregor and Hedges? Those things are very quickly and easily sorted with VAR. Yep, 100%. We need to... We've been going on about it for months. They need to get in. Referees need to help. Some of the decisions um, that are getting made, not just at Premier League level, all levels, but I know it's only going to come into Premier League. It baffles me sometimes. And then going on about what Mark's saying about... Ryan Kent and Johnny Hayes the first incident mm. that's handbags mm-hmm. they're in the heat at the moment there's nothing really happened there he should be coming in and saying go on with the game there shouldn't be any booking no. Johnny Hayes shouldn't get booked Ryan Kent shouldn't get booked the second one with Scott Brown look Scott Brown knows the game he's playing the ball up the line Ryan Kent goes in he doesn't even touch him and it's not even a, a, a yellow card so some of the, the refereeing decisions yesterday for me were, were baffling um, the penalty decision for Rangers that's the rule it does hit Morelos it is a penalty people were saying to me today a, a few of my mates the incident before it with Lewis pushing on Barisic for me Barisic has got to be stronger in the box he's got to mm. be stronger there's contact in the box I don't know whether if VAR looked back in that would they say that was a, a penalty no, who, who knows but when Lewis has headed the ball, it has come off Morelis's hand and it has a penalty, but Lewis has then went and took the penalty and the ball's moved, so it should be retaken. By the way, as much as the ball's moved, it should be retaken. Credit to him, because no doubt ah. that's put him off. I mean, you used to take penalties, Barry, at the last, last split second. Mm. So, I mean, credit to Lewis Ferguson for having the composure under big pressure like that. An important point uh, for his team. Once again, showing how he's matured and taking his game to a different level, linked with a move to the Serie A. Uh, this week as well part of the Scotland national team big game coming up in March so wonder if um, that was Yuri, really Ge- if it was Yuri Geller that moved that Aye. moved the ball because yeah. that was yeah. Gary McAllister penalty at Wembley yeah. Yeah. I'm so, sure the three penalties yeah. I missed the ball moved <laughs> was, it, was it Yuri Geller that, <laughs> did you blame him for that as well I'll blame uh, anything no he did I mean he did really brilliantly to adjust and as Barry says it's 10 penalties out of 10 for Aberdeen also that was his 150th game yeah. Lewis Ferguson um, 30, what, what, 30 goals in 150 games pay for, was, was that about 250 uh, grand or something I mean honestly what, what a bargain it's turned out to be 120 mm-hmm. yeah. yeah 120 grand if Hamilton get any did have any add-ons if yeah, Aberdeen I, I do would, sell them? I would be surprised if Hamilton didn't put something into the, the contract mm-hmm. um, they'll get a slice I would yeah. think yeah. Yeah. What, what a what a signing fifth play to Derek McInnes because yeah, he only had chance. about 20 games under his belt for yeah. Hamilton at that point didn't if, he? if that yeah. Mark I don't don't even know if he had that many games um, but he's obviously been up there and, and done really well he's been he's not been at the levels he, this season as he was before previous but listen mm. um, one thing about him is he works hard in the training ground I heard Derek McInnes mention that's one thing he noticed about him he practices a lot once the training session's finished obviously in penalties and other things and it's good to hear young players that go and spend a bit of time on themselves to try and make themselves better he's been unwell as you know I mean he mm. he, he was pointing out after the game that he'd only trained twice in three weeks mm. between Boxing Day and last night's game so that actually because that's a, a lack of sharpness could have affected him when the ball rolled off the spot at the, even at the penalty 
Yeah, when, when I heard, um, I was travelling home for training and I heard the ball had moved and I, I'm thinking, I mean, it's moved slightly, but it actually moves a fair mm. bit. Mm-hmm. So for Lewis to keep his composure and strike it as well, um, fair play to him. Good technique, that. How significant um, was that? Or is, is that just a bump in the road for Rangers along the way, Mark? Do you think the, the drop points last night? Because obviously it's encouraging for Celtic yeah. because four is a hell of a lot better than six in terms of a gap at the top. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's encouraging for Celtic what happened last night after Celtic's result um, on Monday. The first game back, we always say it's a three-week break. You just never know. Going to Petorgy is always going to be, be tough. And, and, and uh, uh, the atmosphere, <clears throat> excuse me, at uh, Petorgy, we'd expect Rangers to bounce back pretty comfortably on Friday night at home to uh, Stirling Albion mm-hmm. um, in the Scottish Cup. And then, you know, that sets them up again for, for next midweek. So, look, for one thing for Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, that is his first bump in the road in the manager domestically. So, again, it's just a wee warning for him. Yeah, we're in the driving seat to win the title, but it's hard work every game to go and get it over the line. Barry knows, Giovanni knows they've won titles in different countries. You can't take it for granted. Celtic are breathing down your neck whether it's Fur Park Tannadice Perth wherever you're going it's going to be a tough uh, on the road and it also might be and one thing if, if Giovanni Van Bronckhorst t- tries to take a positive out of last night it might be that if he's trying to get one or two in the door and he's speaking to his board and speaking to Ross Wilson to get these things over the line last night can be a wee reminder you know what we need a wee bit extra we need a wee bit more to secure the squad to make sure that come the middle of May we're champions and we've secured that, that 35 million quid yeah, and bear in mind there, there was some important players missing mm-hmm. last night. Um, you've got Arfield, Davis, Arebo, yeah, who's um, for me been Rangers' top player um, this season. Hollander's still out. Uh, Ryan Jack, I, I don't know. Um, that must be a concern to the Rangers fans. What's going on with with Ryan? Um, I thought he was back playing some football. Seems to be. He's hit a, a bit of a, a bump just now. So they are missing players, but you still look at the Rangers team and the, the quality they put out. Um, they still should have had enough to go up. But listen, three weeks without a game, there was a bit of rustiness. But again, I'll always say it, it's always though Rangers weren't on it. Sometimes you've got to give the opposition mm-hmm. a bit of credit. And, and Aberdeen certainly were up for it last night. Yeah, Joe Aribo, a big miss, Barry. Uh, and of course, he's involved at the African Cup of Nations. Uh, Nigeria have a game. Uh, they've already qualified out of the group, so I'm not sure if he will need to be involved in the game tonight. But uh, Nigeria against Guinea. Um, and your player, Alawas Fernandi Mendy, uh, is, in that, is in that Guinea squad, isn't he? Yeah, um, he, he got called up uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Um, I got a phone call, it was strange um, to get it. But I, I couldn't deny him the opportunity, Rob. You'd be go. delighted to get a call from one of your players on Christmas Day, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, but I wasn't too happy. But once he, <laughs> told, he explained to me what was going on, um, I, I couldn't deny him the opportunity. He's 28. He's not been involved um, a lot with the, the national team. So to go and sample the African Nations Cup, um, it was an opportunity that he had to go and take. Uh, and financially, it was good for him as well. So disappointed to lose him. But also, you can't deny a player the opportunity to go and participate in um, a tournament. Fully a lot of top players as well. Barry Ferguson, Mark Weedy, Rob McLean, we're talking football till seven. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go, go, go. 
It's Wednesday's Go Radio football show after uh, five games in the Premiership last night and of course Celtic beat Hibs on Monday 1-1 at Pizzodri last night. We've talked plenty about that one already and we will probably continue to talk uh, plenty. A lot of focus on the, the refereeing, lots of talk about VAR, uh, big decisions. Uh, most of them, Kevin Clancy and co, managed to get wrong uh, in that game uh, last night. We're also going to be speaking about Celtic... Uh, Dipping into the transfer market again, it seems Matt O'Reilly, who's a Fulham Academy product, um, a £1.5 million uh, fee has been agreed with MK Dons. We are hearing uh, Blackburn and Swansea were interested in the player as well. It does sound, uh, although on the back of Riley McGree uh, not happening, he ended up going to Middlesbrough, of course. Um, the Celtic fans, I'm sure, will want to see that one uh, completely over the line before they start uh, talking about addition to the Celtic squad. Celtic have already signed their three Japanese players in this window, Hatate, Gucci and Maeda, uh, plus Johnny Kenny as well. Is Matt O'Reilly going to make it five? We will get to that topic shortly, but getting lots of reaction from you about the Aberdeen Rangers game and some of the decisions. Uh, Sean Sean Maxwell in touch with us to say, not the best game. Referee had a bad game, but at least uh, four points clear. Uh, 56 still en route. Aberdeen were the better team, says Sean, and uh, maybe not too much disagreement about that, to be honest. Robert Clark in touch with us as well. Hi, Robert. Uh, he says it's no case of get VAR and it's all sorted. I've no confidence in, a, in our officials operating that system with any real purpose. They're consistently inept, he says, especially last night's referee who should have questions to answer after some of his decisions. Uh, some of the decisions that he made. That's a, a fair point. Um, referees don't really have to explain themselves. They are uh, not accountable. Let's talk to Jason, uh, who's a Rangers fan. Hi, Jason. Hi there, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Uh, what did you think about the, the refereeing of Kevin Clancy and his officials last night? Well, just touching on what you were saying there just now about referees not having to explain themselves after... A poor performance, you know, it's it's old cliches, you know, you, you, managers from both sides have to come and face the press after that. Players from each side have to come and face the press. Um, and, and, and even stripping it back a wee bit further, me and my own um, occupation and job, if I'm not doing the job that I'm paid to do to a level that's deemed as a good standard, then unfortunately you're in the firing line of potentially being sacked, just as you guys in your panel, if you're not bringing the, the views in or whatever. You, mm-hmm. Everyone's up for scrutiny, but it almost feels like referees can can go on to the pitch, make as many mistakes and blunders as they possibly want, which, by the way, some of them are farcical. The, the two Ryan Kent yellow cards last night, I was just, I put my hands on my head at the end and I just, I was ready to turn the game off because I thought, although Rangers weren't great, I don't think we deserve much from the game. A point, maybe, um, you know, the, 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 the standard of refereeing in Scotland, in my opinion, for years now, and it's not just me saying this as a Rangers supporter, I've watched other games whether it be Motherwell at Hearts or you know any other Premiership team, and some of the decisions that you watch are just are, are, are ridiculous. And I, I almost think that even if VAR was introduced into Scottish football, whether or not that's going to happen is yet to be seen. I honestly feel like if Kevin Clancy was brought to the side of the pitch to watch his decision back, I think he would probably still stand with the decision that he made. He would be too proud to, to admit that he was wrong. That's the kind of impression that I get from Kevin Clancy that. You know, what he said is right, and if he was brought in and questioned on it, I think he would still stick to his guns. And you know, some of the decisions last night, both on Rangers and Aberdeen, I thought were just 
a joke to be quite honest with you I, th- I think it'd be a bit unfair on, on Kevin Clancy Jason because you don't know him and he's never had the benefit of, of using VAR so we don't know at the end of the day once you see things back and, and referees will be the same if they've made the mistake they'll put, they'll, they'll put their hands up just as they do down south um, you know because normally when they're called over by VAR to look at the screen then they do it so to say that he'd be stubborn and stick by it then I think it'd be unfair because you don't you don't know that um, but he didn't have a good game last night absolutely right about that mistakes were made that that, that benefited or didn't benefit um, both teams at different stages um, during the game but um, he got the penalty call right for me but the red card for Rankin wasn't right and Alan McGregor got away with one um, in the first half so it wasn't a good night but I also agree it's mistakes by referees and officials up and down the country I think this season unfortunately has been particularly bad um, and not just in Rangers games or Celtic games all many teams and many managers many players and many sets of supporters have suffered so there's there's a there's a lack of quality unfortunately with our officials um, at the moment in VAR would certainly help them. In, in terms of them coming out and speaking after games, I'm kind of torn about that. Yeah, from a, a journalistic point of view, you would want that to happen because you're going to get stories, you're, you're going to get headlines, you're going to get stuff. But I don't think it would do the referees any favours. And first and foremost, the SFA and the refereeing body have got to protect themselves. Um, I know it can be frustrating when you don't get an explanation sometimes when you're left, as Barry used the word, baffled earlier in the programme when you said, why did they reach that decision? So I think there can be some form of explanation that can be made its way to the media, mm-hmm. whether it's through the, a home team's club channels or you know whatever it may be, television, radio, newspapers, then yeah, privately explain decisions, but I don't think put them up in public, Rob, would be the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure if Clancy goes and watches back the game, the, the two yellow cards, I'll go back to the, the Ryan Kent. I, I'm, I would like to think he would look back and think, ah, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Let, I let's... would like to think, uh, I, I don't know if you agree with me. Aye. I don't know him. But if he's been honest with himself, I think if he went and watched it, if he goes back after the game or today, he looks back. It's laughable that somebody can be sent off. I mean, for, I even if... see the first yellow card draw, but I look at it and you've got to realise, first and foremost, Aberdeen and Rangers, you know it's going to be a fiery game. You know yeah. players are going to be right up for it 100%. It's a tangle with legs. They got up. It's handbags for me. Mm-hmm. Nothing mm-hmm. more than that. They're not even fisticuffs their heads ain't together they're having a wee bit of ding dong Ryan Kent slightly brushes them or pushes them slightly nothing that's when Kevin Clancy's you come in and say right you two two um, experienced players get on with yeah. next one I'll book you get on with the game what are you yearn you for what are you yearn for is a bit of common sense isn't it that's what it's it is a, common a, feel, sense. a feel for a football match an understanding of what the football match I'm means sure that, uh, uh, I would like to think that referees go into games knowing what game they're going into. Well, like, it's not the first Rangers-Aberdeen game that Kevin Clancy's done, is it? We all know what Aberdeen and Rangers is like in Pataudry. Yep. We know what it's going to be like. Yeah. It's going to be 100 mile an hour. There might be. I mean, I looked at the game. I watched the game when I come in. I wouldn't say it was a over-physical game last night. No, normally no, the, I've no. seen a lot worse tackles no. and a lot worse happening in an Aberdeen and Rangers well, game. I just the, thought the, there have been, been worse incidents in games that haven't seen a player sent off. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that, that Ryan Kent walked for those offences is pretty ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And that's where Kevin Clancy's made mistakes in those. And by the way, referees are human. Yep. They make mistakes. Players make mistakes. We all make mistakes. Again, we keep getting back to it. But I don't know how often we keep getting back to it until Scottish football actually implements a system mm-hmm. that can help referees 
and help reach the right decision. Now, sometimes decisions can still be down to opinion, Rob, you know, rather than yeah. factual. But yeah. nine times out of ten, you'll reach the right decision. So therefore, what's the right decisions? Well, Aberdeen would have had a penalty in the first half and Ryan Kent wouldn't have been sent off. So there's two major things. And the penalty would have been retaken. And the penalty would have been retaken. So there's three yeah. major yeah. things. Yeah. That, that would have happened factual, last night. Factual things. That when a game's tight, 1-0, one, one each, would have possibly led to a different outcome whether that would have been Rangers winning and Aberdeen winning or still, mm. who knows but there was three major things that didn't go right the referee got wrong and in some respects you feel sorry for him because we've got a, there is a system ready to come in that everybody wants but we've not implemented it yet that's a frustration for the whole of Scottish mm. football is it, is it full time referees Jason? Would you is think that, that would that, make a difference? Would that, would that be I, I, I don't I, I think they would only be fitter I don't think it'll make them better but, referees do you know, but, when, but, but, but when you go from part time to full time as a player you expect a better yeah, performance don't I, you I, I know the referees up here train three to four times a week and I know it's at night because they've got day jobs yeah. but I know they train for maybe two two and a half three hours three or four times a week so there's still a fair amount of training they're fit that's one Aye. thing you can say about a ref they're, they're, they're fit yeah. you don't yeah. see them now you know Stopping for a break in the halfway, you don't see that anymore. I mean, no. there's one thing about them you can't question their no. levels of fitness. Basically, you can't question no. their commitment. And yeah, they've been well paid, they're getting about a grand a game at the top mm. flight, so they're, so they're well paid. But I think they earn that money as well. I think they do well um, to earn that. So, yeah. How many, I mean, how many good, how many, how many, if you were putting together a group of elite Scottish football referees, I mean, how many are referees that you think? Yeah. Zero. Absolutely well, zero. none. Yeah. I would I was I'm sorry to say that, but in my in my opinion, absolutely zero. Um I mean you're saying there just now that they're fit. I mean that's that's great if they're fit if they want to be an athlete or something, but they're not there yeah. to be fit, they're there to manage football games and, mm-hmm. and control it. And yeah. they're not doing that, they're they're making it uncontrollable. I mean last night Kevin Clancy, it was almost like and I hate to I'm not don't like go after him and, and sort of victimise the guy, but it was like their job on the football park is to control the game, keep everything under wraps, try and make sure that nobody's going to get sent off unnecessarily, you know, make sure that the game goes from minute one to 90 to try and get the best spectacle for both sets of fans in Scottish football because it was live on Sky Sports last night and if I'm, a, if I'm somebody from down south and I turn it on and I'm watching that referee and I'm like that, pff, I turn it off. Yeah. I, I, honestly, I would have turned it off. I'd have thought to myself, what, what is this guy playing at? Is this, is this the standard in Scotland? But what, what I'm keen to know is, and maybe you guys can shed a little, little bit of light on it, is... Um, how does a how does a, a, a sort of part time referee go from maybe refereeing in the championship? I mean, what what what's the levels? How do they get to you know part time? How's it judged? How do they go from being like League One championship to then going into say like a Premiership game? What, what how's it how's the merit on that? How do they get judged for for going from one class to the next? The one the ones at lower level when they're refereeing, say for instance a League Two game, they've got refereeing supervisors. Who, so they're given marks out of yeah, ten basically, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. yeah, that's that's that, the way it works, yeah. um, Jason. But I'm just wondering that if you had full time referees, um, I'm not so concerned about that. I think they're fit enough. I, I don't think that's the issue. I, I think it's about having a feel for football and having an ability to to handle big games, mm-hmm. uh, handle the pressure of big games. And if if you if you were paying them as full timers, so paying them more, could you then not expect a better standard? And would you not get better? Rep- referees coming through people wanting to be referees because the job paid more and it was a full-time job but, but well, I would say first and foremost then, Rob rather than investing in full-time referees and, and the salaries you know like to, to have say for example 
10 full-time refs in, in Scotland or 8 full-time refs in Scotland first and foremost it'd be cheaper to put Van in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you look at an investment of that say for, for 3 years you, you do a full-time programme with referees for 3 years it'd be cheaper to put Van in so I think that the ideal scenario given the financial constraints that we have in Scottish football is keep referees as they are because their fitness are there they're committed the standard's no great I think they're an honest bunch. I don't think mm. you know. They're, they're, how, do you the, how do you improve the standard but then? then? And, and, well, that's done the referees. That's I don't know how you improve. Well, I do know how you improve the standard. First and foremost, bring in VAR. hundred percent. And it's not that the referees are against it, and you know they want help. Mm-hmm. Kevin Clancy doesn't he want to be going home last night. You know, driving the car. Oh God, mm-hmm. I shouldn't have sent Ryan Kent off. I should have given Aberdeen a penalty. He doesn't mean about waking up this morning and no. listening to this programme and looking at the headlines getting blasted on social media. Listening to guys like Jason having a pop-up. Does he want that? No, I, so if you offer him a scenario, Kevin, do you want to go through what you've just been through in the past 24 hours or do you want the benefit of that? I What's think they're honest say? enough. Yeah. I honestly think our referees are honest enough and I think Kevin Clancy will look back at the game, which they've got to do. Mm-hmm. They've got to look back and think of their mm-hmm. decisions are made. I think him being an honest guy will look back and think he's made some mistakes but the only way you're going to be able to help referees yep great but if they we can afford to get them full time but first and foremost we need to get VAR in to help them yeah but back to Jay, the, the the very first point that Jason made and that was about uh, referees being a protected <coughs> species unlike anyone else in football everyone else get, we get slated if we get it wrong as we frequently do uh, players Managers, coaches, chairman, mm-hmm. all the rest of it. Everybody, everybody gets criticism in yeah. football, apart from, and everyone has to face it. Apart mm-hmm. from a referee, I know. I take your point about putting them up at a media conference. No, yeah. because it would be like a bit like a firing squad, wouldn't it? Yeah. But can, could the referee not independently, if if he felt the need to say something, just stand in front of a camera, just stand in front of a camera, oh. make a thirty second statement, and say, "Look, you know, having had the benefit of look viewing the video." I got that wrong and I apologise. And, you know, then you kind of know, then, then the referees explained themselves. I, I think there's certain instances where if, if you're baffled, like, you know, I, I don't necessarily would like to see Kevin Clancy come out last night and say, I got it wrong for the two yellow cards because in his opinion, if he's looked at it, he might got it wrong. But Crawford Allen, the head of referees, might actually think, no, you called it right. Mm-hmm. So again, there, 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 there's a pinch. I don't mm-hmm. like right after the game's the right time to do it. What I would like to see, Rob, that, that's not controversial and I've been saying this for years, as Scottish football, the SFA and the refereeing governing body has to humanise our referees. Now, we know them. You, you meet them in turn, mm. you meet them trackside, you're in the dugouts beside them. Barry, they're all, pretty much in the main, they're all decent guys. Mm. Kevin Clancy, Willie Collins, Bobby Madden. This is not, this is not personal. McLean's, they're all nice guys. They like a pint, they enjoy the football, they love a chat about the football. You speak to them, they're good. When they go on the, when they cross the white line, they've got a job to do and they try to officiate to the letter of the law knowing that they're supervisors and assessors in the stand but, but what I'd like to see is them being allowed to show in, in interviews radio television newspapers show about themselves just show that they are normal people that will make mistakes but there's no agendas Yeah, you know and also as well to remember about referees when we talk about mental health and how it affects your life and your family and, and your working life yes criticise them everybody's entitled to be criticised but remember, there's a line and don't cross the line about them. If they've made mistakes, they've made mistakes, but that can impact on their lives, impact on their next performance when they're going out onto the pitch, impact on their jobs, impact on their mental health. So remember that about referees too. They're normal people, they're human and they deserve a bit of respect even when they get it wrong. I, I'm sure 
referees will take constructive criticism. But see when it starts to get personal, which I've seen with a few referees, yeah. I don't like that no, side of no, it. No, no, no. That, that is crossing what the line. What we're talking is we've been constructive for your yeah. thinking. He's made a couple of mistakes, but we're still respecting the job that Kevin Clancy does. And looking and, at ways that they could improve. Yeah, as well. and I'm all for constructive criticism, but when it starts to get personal, which it has over the last year or two, mm-hmm. or even before that, well, with some of the referees, shocking. Yeah. disgusting. I, I listen, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. You're right. I should never get to that stage and get personal. But the longer this goes on, where we're talking week on week, whether it be on you know, radio stations such as yourself, or it's in the papers, it's on social media, about the standard of refereeing, another year passes, nothing's done, another year passes, nothing's done, and it's yeah. almost like, you're just banging your head against a brick wall, thinking, is, are we just going to live, is, is this the way that we're just going to, let our game be run now, so, you're right, nobody should be getting, victimised, or you know, anything going personal with them, but I do feel like, and I don't know how, I've not got the answers to it, because it is a difficult one, how do you improve referees? I mean, a million dollar question, if yeah. you knew that, it would have probably been done a few years ago, but um, it does get, I mean, it gets frustrating, especially when it's obviously your team on the on the sort of receiving end of the, the yeah. bad decisions. So. Anyway, good call, Jason, and you certainly got us talking. Good to have you on the show. Thank you. All Take the care. best. 0808 17 17 700. I, I had to get that. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Well, that was a lively little chat um, during the break as well, actually. But before the break uh, with Jason um, about refereeing, should they... Uh, explain themselves afterwards. That's an issue. How good are our referees? Are they good enough? How can they be improved? Uh, will VAR be the big difference to them in terms of, of improving themselves? Uh, when will we get VAR? Who's going to pay for it? Um, and should uh, should VAR be shunted up the priority list in Scottish football, Mark, because we're so far behind the, the big leagues? Yeah, it, it should be, Robert. I, I don't think it's up for debate anymore. I don't think you know anybody that's got the best interests of what's right for Scottish football, what's right for officials, what's right to reach the right outcome, decision by decision, is that that we need VAR. That's the bottom line. Because otherwise, we'll, we'll debate this all the time. Now, I'm sure when our VAR comes in, bear in mind it's like in a six-month training programme for all, our, all of our officials, there'll be teething problems. But eventually, it, it, it'll be right and it'll benefit our officials. And if it benefits our, our officials, it benefits our game, which therefore enhances... Scottish football. What what's holding it back? Is it finance? Yeah. Is that that the issue? Yeah. What what's the cost of it to come in? Is, is it about seventy grand per top flight club roughly they're going so. to look for? Yeah. So you're talking about nudging towards a million quid probably. Surely they can get a sponsorship, do something because we need it. Mm-hmm. We certainly need it. We need it big time. Are we talking end of the year? Last I heard was the estimated no, start I, time for it. I th- I thought that they were having a vote on it next month, and right. that vote's now been put back to round about end of the season throughout the summer so if you're going by this sort of six month implementation training mm-hmm. programme to make sure that when they put the system in it's good to go and they're all trained up otherwise you're going to have even more teething problems and it'll become farcical so if we're going in that kind of time scale Rob then at the earliest right now you'd be looking at second half of the season or like yeah. January onwards at the earliest that's now, pretty what, depressing isn't what, it whether, they, so whether, f- whether they bring it in a mid-season I, I don't know how all that would do, work do you know what I didn't like down in down in England the FA Cup for instance yeah. the Hull City Everton game yeah. somewhere and some weren't yep because yeah. Hull City are a championship club mm-hmm. and then was it the Aston Villa Man United Man game Trafford, yep. yeah. I, I don't see why in a, the same competition no. 
one games get VAR yeah, and another game that, that's not right for me does that not affect the integrity of a competition I think so yep. yeah, 100% totally wrong. Rob yeah. totally wrong and I, felt, I really felt for Aston Villa that night. I watched the game thoroughly enjoyed it I thought Aston Villa were, were very unlucky and the goal that got, dis, got disallowed to take three and a half to four minutes to work out the original thing is, is, is it offside and then no it's no offside but, but, but then they found a block in the, in the original run when the ball's going into the box and saying Wait, that, that can't be right three and a half minutes to find something wrong mm-hmm. that's not right you know, yeah. I really felt for Aston Villa that night there'll be referees listening to our discussion tonight saying hey, Barry Ferguson talking about referees he made our life a misery when he was a when he was a player you had, you you must have had a fair few run-ins yeah, Barry yeah a few ding-dongs but one thing Rob I, I'll be honest with you I always respected them the, yeah. the, the decision like some of them I would question whether I should have got booked or sent <laughs> off. Um, but, but you liked a bit of back chat yep, from them. Yeah, but I'll go back to guys um, like Hugh Dallas, for instance, during the game. If you gave him a bit, they would give you a bit back and I didn't mind that. Told you where to go. If he wasn't happy with you, if you were moaning, mumping, moaning at you, he would have a pop back at you. I, I don't see that as a problem. That's where they gained my respect. Guys like Stuart Dougal, guys like uh, back then with Kenny Clark and all yeah, those Kenny guys. Kenny Clark, yeah, yeah. Really good referees, strong referees. Mm-hmm. Um, and for instance, I'll go back to the game last night with Rangers, the incident with Ryan Kent and Johnny Hayes. Uh, Johnny Hayes. They'd have just jumped in and gave you a, a slap in the back of the head and says, go on with the game. Next time that happens, I will book you. So they give you a warning. Um, so that was the way it was back in the, in the days. What about that assistant that stood in your toe when you were uh, oh, on the touchline? I can't believe that at the weekend. <laughs> I'm trying to shout well, was it just a Saturday there, uh, was it? I'm trying to shout at a, a player in, uh, I think, was it Queen's Park? Or we were on the attack and he's obviously running down towards me. And I, I'm standing in my technical area, just right in the line, and he's obviously in the touchline, my side, and stood with his boots right in my toe. <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine what I says to him. Um, so we had I'm surprised wee, you didn't banjo on. Yeah, we had, we had a wee bit of a ding-dong for 30 seconds and then that broke the ice a wee bit. We had a wee laugh about it afterwards. How much are you thinking at the moment about Celtic Saturday for your team no, in the, in the, in the Scottish Rob, Cup? I made a point last night uh, uh, just having a normal training session. Sometimes you can overthink. I wanted the boy, I want the boys to be as re- relaxed as possible. Because um, I know on the day of the game, with being on TV, and certainly the next two or three days leading up to the game, there's going to be a lot of hype. So I made a point last night of just having a, a, um, a normal training session. Obviously tomorrow night we'll go through a few things, the way that we're going to set up to go against Celtic. So I don't want to... I'm trying to treat it as normal as possible. I think that's the best way. Albeit Celtic are coming to town, massive club way top quality players but I'm trying to treat it as normal as I can Was their first half performance on Monday night scary for you? Yeah it was impressive I've got to be honest with you um, albeit Hibs should have took the lead um, Kevin Nisbet missed a glorious chance but after that it was just waves of attack um, they played at such a high tempo um, and obviously the, the boy in the middle of the park Hattati was mm. really impressive certainly in the first half look we know we're up against it we're really up against it. Um, but you never know. It's cup football. We've got to go out with a game plan and we'll work towards that game plan in the last hour of the session tomorrow night and we'll wait and see come seven o'clock. You never know. There could be a, a major shock. What, what are you anticipating, Ange Postacoglu? Full to strength. Do about it? Full strength, not yep. four or five. No, you think full strength? Yep, I think he'll come full strength. I'd be surprised if he's, he's not going to come full strength. Have you got a wee surprise for them? 
Yeah, we've got a way that we have to go. Look, I'll be honest with you, Rob. We can't go toe to toe with them. If we go toe to toe with them, we're playing right right into Celtic's hands. So we've got to um, come up, me as manager and my coaching staff. We had a chat about it last night after training. We've got to come up with um, a way of trying to frustrate Celtic. Um, and we'll work towards that tomorrow night and come the kickoff, uh, we'll see where it goes. But also, and amongst that, we need a bit of luck as well. Because, mm. uh, being honest with you, we're coming up against a top quality team with top quality players. Are you licking your lips at the scale of the challenge? Just because yeah, it a, is massive for yeah, you. And I'm looking forward to it because what I will say, as a coach, I'm coming up against a new manager that's come into this country the first six months I've been really impressed the way that he set up for Celtic and also my players coming up against the best in Scotland that, that's what you want as a manager and as a player I'm no one of these ones where all oh, we're going to enjoy the occasion we're going to go and try and cause an upset albeit it's going to be very very hard um, and as I said we need to come up with a game plan but um, really looking forward to it it's, um, and it'll be interesting come kick off Full house, three and a half thousand. Um, I'm going to have my earmuffs on. <laughs> no doubt about that. But no, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'll probably no sleeping Friday night, same the, as the players, because you're excited yeah. about this. Brilliant um, for the players, isn't it? Is, Live great. on the telly, Celtic, Scottish Cup. It's absolutely brilliant. Yep, and uh, look, we've got nothing to lose because Celtic are expected to win. So mm. the pressure's on Celtic to come uh, and run over the top of us. So... Uh, we'll go out as I says with, with a game plan um, and hopefully that, that game plan works but listen it could be like Monday night against Sibs that game plan could be out the window mm. after five minutes when, when Celtic scored but as I says we, we, we need a slice of luck as well we need a, a lot of things to go for us we need the players every single player on that pitch that's going to start needs to bring his A game and then you never know that's the beauty of the cup it's going to be a brave assistant referee who's going to stand on your toe because you're going to be so charged up on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that... charged up, and the players, um, I'll be, I'll be charged up. But yeah. also, on the flip side of that, I'm sure Celtic were well because the Scottish Cup, it's a great it's a famous trophy. It's a yeah. brilliant trophy. I, I, I was lucky enough in my career to win it five times. I know what it means to me. I know what it'll mean to the Celtic players that are coming that have won it before, and also. Our players, what an opportunity, as Mark just mentioned there, live on TV, to go and show that they can go and stand up against a, a top quality side. We're talking football till seven, another hour to come after the news at six. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go, go, go. Yeah, it was a big night in the Premiership last night. Aberdeen 1, Rangers 1 at Pataudry. Four points in it at the top after Celtic 2 Hibs nil on Monday. Rangers still in front, uh, but they don't now have that six-point gap. And we are a fortnight away from Celtic against Rangers at Celtic Park. Also last night, Dundee United 1, St Mirren 2. Big win after 11 games. I think it was without a win for Jim Goodwin and his team. Uh, they came out on top at Tannadice. Tony Watt came off the bench for United. Did pretty well, I think, at that stage. But they couldn't get anything out of the game. United, they're on a bit of free fall at the moment. Hearts 2, St Johnston 0. Big win at Tyne Castle last night. Josh Ginelli got uh, both the goals. And Mark Guidi, they've got a pretty stronghold hearts haven't they of that third place at the moment yeah I mean I think hearts will be comfortable in third place I was at Tyne Castle last night 
Uh, Rob, you know, Hearts played well. They were, they, they were patient. It was nil-nil at half time. Got the quick goal after the break. Janelli's pace uh, caused problems. Good finishes um, as well. Devlin in the middle of the park caught my eye for for Hearts. Uh, it was really good. And and, and Chifty, a new signing for for St Johnston, you know, is looking the part. You know, I think he'll liven up the. Uh, St Johnston um, middle to front so uh, yeah it was a good night's work for, for Hearts because I think every manager coming back last night on the back of the three week break you're probably just not quite sure what you're going to get because you're out of rhythm you're looking to go and start building uh, momentum again so any kind of victory last night for, for any club uh, was a good one and obviously a good night for, for Livingston to get that extra three points for St Mirren to get the second half of the season off to a, to a winning starting for Ross County as well so it's leaving Dundee and St Johnston at the bottom there and then they both uh, meet in, in Perth next mm. Wednesday night so what a, that's going to Oof. be a cracking uh, 90 minutes at McDermott Park No ball required for that one maybe <laughs> uh, St Johnson against uh, Dundee and you've had a fair bit of chat in, in recent times haven't you Barry with, with Callum Davidson because obviously you had Charlie Gilmore on loan from Saints that's uh, changed unfortunately for you he's had to he's had to go back so you've had a fair bit of chat with him Um they're in dire straits, aren't they? I mean, I noticed, I heard his interview after the match last night when he was asked, is this a crisis? And he said, yep, it is a crisis. Nine straight defeats. Yeah, I, I just think Callum's been really honest. Um, nine defeats in a row. To look, going back to where they were last year, fantastic last half of the season, winning the, the cup double. If you say to me at the start of the season, Rob, where St. Johnson would be, I, I'd be saying you're talking nonsense. Um so they're in a, a horrible position. Um, but I still believe Callum's still a top manager, in my opinion. He's just going through a rough patch. So is his players. They can't buy a win. He just needs the perfect game from next week. Dundee at home. A scrap, as you say, is the, the ball will, will be bruised and battered. And it's one of their ones. A scrappy 1-0 off somebody's backside. That's all St. Johnson needed at this moment in time. And I think once they get that first one, will kick on because I still believe and when I look at the squad I still think there's good players there and I do think and I do believe they're in a false position um, but listen they're in a horrendous run there's no doubt about that I know you were saying Mark that uh, St Johnson actually played pretty well uh, for the first 45 minutes but when you're in that position what happened right at the start of the second half tends to be what happens they lost a goal inside 19 seconds yeah it was a flying start from from Hearts I suppose the disappointing thing from, from Callum Davidson's point of view was I think St Johnson took kick off you know took centre and, and to concede a goal yeah, like that, although it, it was a beautiful goal from Hearts' point of view but um, to, to concede a goal inside the first minute if, if, if you're a manager you must be pulling your, your hair Nine out. seconds. But, but, yeah, I watched it last yeah. night. So, mm. But that's kind of why you end up bottoming the, the, the league, Rob. You're not getting a, a bit of luck. You're not getting the breaks. Just need to go and try and get a couple of goals. I'm sure that Callum Davison and his players will view with the greatest respect to Kelty Hearts. It'll be a tough one. It'll be a cut banana skin. Um, that could kickstart the season what Barry's talking about. You know, get a couple of goals, get a win. Cup holders. So, you know, want to make sure that that stays intact. Um, on Saturday obviously pay Kevin Thompson and his players respect they've got some very good players there Barry knows a lot of them well um, but go there and, and get the win and then kick that into Wednesday night against Dundee so I'm seeing Dundee James McPake saying I'm feeling the pressure for my job they're second bottom so so much to play that's what makes a league so exciting but when you look at the teams you know kind of three four at the bottom particularly Dundee and St Johnston at the moment the bottom two you feel for the managers you, you, you really do a lonely lonely um, place for them but um, unfortunately somebody's got to be bottom uh, it's the managers that do get it and I totally get that that they're 
they take responsibility but also sometimes like last night Callum saying that now the players might need to have a wee chat amongst themselves and say listen it's us that can change us Callum can only do so much and as a manager you can only do so much on the training field when they cross that white line they need to be prepared to to knuckle down and, and work hard um, but listen it is it's a it's a tough time for Callum no doubt about it I spoke to him a couple of times over the last week as you mentioned Rob about um, uh, Charlie Gilmer who unfortunately lost and he's went back there and like you can hear he's a bit down but listen he's a fighter I've known Callum a long time and I'm sure he'll get through this this uh, rough patch yeah and it is dog eat dog isn't it and that will certainly be the phrase to be applied to that game uh, on well a week tonight isn't it mm. Mark uh, St Johnston against Dundee in Perth you see, the yeah. Kelty games at, at Kelty yeah Saturday yeah, afternoon I mean, Yeah, that, that's a tough it's that's a, a major tight. banana skin isn't yeah, it we, we, when I was at Kelty we played St Johnston in the Betfred um, and it was 2-1 they beat us 2-1 there so it's a tight pitch I'm sure it will be um, a full house that's a, a potential Banana skin. Mm. Um, it's probably not what you want Callum. when you've lost mm. nine in a nine on the bounce. Uh, I, I, I think you look at the the, the Scottish Cup card, uh, Rob. I think it's a really good card. You know, it kicks off Hibs v Cove. Hibs try to get going again under Sean Maloney. Cove doing well under Paul Hartley. Friday night Ranger Stirling should take care of itself. You can get Auckland Lake v Hearts in the mm-hmm. telly. Mm-hmm. Bear in mind what happened to Hearts last season up at Brora, but yep. Hearts played really well last night. You then get Aloha Celtic, and in between you've got the likes of Kelty. Um, v St Johnson I think is it Comarnock v Dundee United mm-hmm. um, as well yes, perhaps is that right is. at, at yeah. Rugby Park yeah. that's another cracking game yeah. um, as well Dundee United six defeats in the spin yeah. Um, so yeah there's a few cracking ties this I mean, weekend when you look at Auchinleck against Hearts that's, that's a major mm. yeah. I, heard, I heard Robbie Nielsen talking last night and yeah. he was asked he was asked are you going to be making changes for that game no, no, <laughs> no. I think on the back of I, well, it was absolutely yeah. what you were saying Mark that Brora I mean that the, the B word Brora yeah. will come back he's going down there full strength I, I don't yeah. care what anybody says yeah. look listen the Auckland Lake beat Hamilton the last round right. Robbie's obviously sampled it last year yeah. as you just mentioned there against Brora he'll be going down full strength oh, want yeah. to get through no so messing about yeah, there's a lot of um there's a lot of tough games for um, Premier League clubs. Here's some breaking news for you. Alfredo Morelos has been recalled to the Colombian national squad and will miss the Old Firm game. Um, Colombia play Peru on the... Answer the game. Let me see, tw- 28th of January <laughs> and then Argentina on the 1st of February. So Morella's back in there. Yeah, I, I was saying the game's got to go ahead, but now I've changed my opinion. <laughs> It's funny how you can suddenly change positioning on the on that great debate. But that's if, why, listen, that you know this with the South Americans and obviously the African the Nations Cup players, you're going to be missing them. That's why you, you've got a big squad. That's yeah. maybe one of the reasons why they've brought Cedric Eaton back. Mm-hmm. Knowing that maybe a possibility that Morelos is, is going to get called up. Um, but that's a big miss if he's going to be going away with Colombia. Because mm. um, certainly since Gio's come in, he's looked back to his best many loss yeah and I mean it's it's yet another factor isn't it that, that you you build into this title race because um, you know Celtic could be missing some some key players as well in in the games coming up depending on who's in the Japan squad we've, we've heard we heard from uh, uh, the Australian national coach on the show the other day yeah, yeah. that that, uh, that Tom Rogic um, is going to be selected for them yeah yeah the, 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 there's Kyogo and the he wasn't on the pitch at all, was he? he wasn't on the bench no. on Monday nights. So you're still looking for a proper kind of uh, 
injury update on him, what his situation is, and, and if he's ready to come back mm-hmm. um, this weekend at, at Alloa um, or not. So I think that's one to keep an eye on that situation. Um, and I think Maeda, I think he is part of the. The, the Japan national squad. I don't think Hatate is, but yeah. but when you see his performance in the first half, especially on Monday night, you think he's, he's got to be knocking on the door of their national team. His range of passing, certainly in the first half, was exceptional. Short 5, 10, 15 yard passes and had a few zingers, um, 40, 50, 60 yarders. He, he looked he looked apart. Um, yeah. But let, listen, that's his first game. You need to go and see if he can do that over a period of time can um, he do it can he do it at Recreation Park on a Saturday tea time yeah, though, in terms of Kyogo I don't think the Ash are tough I'll, I'll suit him on Saturday so I think he <laughs> should maybe leave him out of the squad for Saturday the thing I liked about Hitata I just watched the, the highlights on, on sports in the Monday night was how happy I love seeing players smiling yeah, enjoying yeah. themselves mm-hmm. on the pit and even they came off I think the camera zoomed in and was it James Forrest? Yeah. James maybe tell you, you've won man of the match. You mm-hmm. know, and, mm-hmm. and you just see him smiling and he's on the pitch at the end, cuddling his teammates, waving to the fans, taking the applause. And it's just great, great to see players, particularly when players come from another country, particularly as far away, another culture, Japan, and they come here and they're made to feel welcome by their teammates, by other members of staff and by the supporters, by Scottish football. I think it's just great and it's really important that that is the case, um, Rob. So um, I think it's it, it's great uh, for him, he's made a real impression um, from the start. And once again, there is absolutely, you know, if, if anybody was in any doubt, there is absolutely no doubt now that Ange Postacoglu has called this one right again. He's going to be another uh, terrific signing um, for Celtic and just how he can just operate in the middle of the park. Nice left peg and get up and down stuff. So, yep, he's looking, uh, he really looked good. And um, it'll be interesting to see if Rangers get one in the door as well Rob I think it could be a development in the John Suter situation in the next mm-hmm. 40 hours or so I would imagine that Rangers probably would want to conclude it rather than John Suter being cup tied at the weekend we're talking about Hearts playing their strongest team so I think to me that looks like one that will probably go off the line and, and both clubs will agree a package to allow John Suter to go within the next two or three days This was Robbie Nielsen talking last night about the treatment some of the Hearts fans were giving to the outgoing John Suter I thought he handled it exactly the way I thought he would. Calm, collected, he understands the situation, but John just concentrating on his football tonight. John at this moment in time is a Hearts player, he's one of our better players and it's important that the focus at the football club is about the football club. Is it going to be the best, Barry, for everyone concerned that that deal is just done as a, a permanent one and John Suter moves on? Yeah, but I think it, it's best for both parties. Um, no doubt in my mind I watched the highlights and you could hear the booze clearly Mark was at the, the, the game last night you could hear it clearly but he looks to me he certainly got a strong mentality you just need to look what he's came through over mm. the last couple of years through that horrendous injury that tells me he's, he's strong mentally and he looked good last night but for me I think it would be a no-brainer for Rangers to bring him in similar to what they've done with Scott Wright last year get him in get him used to his surroundings and then he's got a fresh for the for pre-season. But also, at this moment in time, Rangers have only got two centre-halves they're going with. Um, Connor Golston and Bassey. Jack Simpson looks if he's well out the picture. He may he may go. Halander and Balligan are struggling with injury. I know Halander's back training. So it would make perfect sense for me for them to try and do a deal and bring John Suter in straight away. And I think he's got all the qualities to become a really good Rangers player as well. Would you put him straight in the team? Um, no, I think Bassi's done really well. I've got to be honest with you. Um, from being a left back, he's come into that left centre half, and 
since Gio's come in and played really well. The him and Ghost have struck up a good partnership, but you also you need a bit of competition with John Suter coming in. They might go up even on another level. Um, will he get straight in? No, I think Bass has done enough to stay in the team. Um, but when you bring somebody like John Suter in, you need to perform. Or if you don't, you've got a quality centre-half ready to step in. And you make a really good point, Mark, about the, the prospect of him being cup-tied and, and that would be one big reason to uh, fast-forward things uh, and just get that deal done. Yeah, I mean, obviously the, the title's always what every club wants to win, or certainly Celtic and Rangers, you know, at the start of every season. But then obviously, you know, it's been emphasised by, by Stephen Gerrard and I'm sure it will be with Giovanni Van Bronckhorst in the coming days when he starts talking about the Scottish Cup that they want to win a cup. You know, it's been a decade, more than a decade since Rangers have won a cup. So they want to win a cup, they want to get your hand into a final. So having John Souter um, as part of that squad, you know, I imagine... Hearts and Rangers both get through at the weekend and, and it's Hearts v Rangers at Tynecastle next round of the cup when you've no signed up. Johnson, it's an awkward position for the boy um, as well. So I think, you know, we could see it with Tony Watt, Motherwell and the United agreed a fee. And I think always under the circumstance, if you can, particularly when the club that you've signed a pre-contract with when you're in the same league, potentially playing against them, I think it's best for all parties that you agree something and, and allow the play to move on. But that said, Hearts see are not it's it's not like they're going to be sold on the on the cheap, you no. know. That it has to be a realistic valuation to to. Correct me if I'm wrong. Hearts Rangers last game of the season. Is that before right? The, before the split, mm. or is yeah before it, the split? It, it I might think be. It, is. it might be. I game thirty three. Barry, if that's right, you're good. <laughs> if it's wrong, say, you say you go into the the split, and it's the last game, and John Shooter's still there, and it's yeah, yeah. Nothing to talk between Hearts, Rangers Hearts and Celtic. Went to third yep. spot, a place in Europe, yeah, whatever it may be. Nothing yep. to talk with Rangers and Celtic. They're level on points. John Souter's playing against Rangers. Mm. Well, who, um, who was it, in fact, a couple of seasons ago? Jordan Jones. Jordan Jones at Kilmarnock. He contract for Kelly mm. and he'd signed it with Rangers scored and scored against, against, scored against, against Rangers. Rangers. I think I think the best scenario would be for Rangers to go and try and do a deal. Um, but Hearts have been adamant. They're not going to let him go for 100 grand, 150 grand. I think Rangers will need to to pay, I don't know, 300 or whatever, but I do think they will come to an agreement. Talking of doing a deal, um, it does seem as if Celtic are about to do a deal with Matt O'Reilly, the uh, MK Dons midfielder. Uh, £1.5 million pounds is, the, is the fee that's being spoken about. It does sound as if Celtic are well uh, down the road to getting that done uh, and that the player... Uh, either is up for up here for a medical or is about to arrive f- to get the, the medical done. He's a, a product of the Fulham Youth Academy. Uh, Blackburn and Swansea were quoted as being pretty seriously interested in the player as well. Um, it, it's a bit of a... I have to say when I heard about it today, it did come as a bit of a surprise, Mark, just, just because uh, Ange Postacoglu, as recently as last week, seemed pretty firm... Uh, in the view that that was it, you know, in ter- apart apart from the possibility of getting Jota and maybe Carter Vickers uh, as permanent yeah. signings, um, he wasn't. There were no offers in for for anyone else. Yeah, I mean, I think you know what the, the, what Postecoglou was was kind of saying. I'm kind of happy with what I've got. If that's what I end up with for the rest of the season, so be it. But it's the same as every manager. If something pops up. And no doubt Matt O'Reilly's been, been in the back burner, but a name that's been been on the list and the events have got to him. There might be words saying we can actually go and get him for this price. Do we want to do the deal now? Let's go and conclude it. Can he be an asset? And enhance the squad in the second half of the season. So clearly they feel that, that he is. We know the fact that um, they were, uh, after the, the boy went to Middlesbrough, 
um, Riley McGree Riley McGree mm. so they were clearly in the market for a, for a midfield player yeah. so um, Matt O'Reilly's been, been on the list million and a half quid a lot of money um, and um, you know Ange Postecoglou clearly feels that the, the guy can come in and, and uh, help them when, when it's required it's going to be a, a useful looking Celtic squad that one um, as it gets beefed up in, in this transfer window and I was just thinking actually Barry when you were speaking about uh, Rio Hatate and his performance the other night I mean you looked at that performance and you thought well what's he going to be like when he settles in properly you know he he is a player and and my thought on the back of that is how does David Turnbull get back in the team? Yeah but listen that's what you want but you want competition for places for me midfield's engine room that's where you need to, at least six players competing for three positions um, and I was interested to watch him and, and clearly look there's no doubt he, he's got great passing range that, that was the thing that impressed me most of, yep, yep he wanted the ball every single time yeah um, so very two footed as well yeah, isn't and it? I think what was it 1.4 million pound with that performance that he put on on Monday night it looks an absolute snap mm. at 1.4 million yeah as does the the deal from Maeda the the, the yeah, money but, that Celtic have paid but, for these guys listen see when you actually assess Ange Postecoglou with, with Kyogo and Hitati and, and, and Mida getting his goal you've actually got a manager stroke head scout haven't you mm-hmm. you've actually got a, yeah. a manager and a chief scout rolled into one so if back, I didn't realise that was a fee 1.4. So if you're looking at Kyogo and Hitati and Maeda, so what less than 10 million? Yeah. For the three of them? Uh, considerably so less, I think. When you look at that, um, you know, without getting carried away, then you think, what a profit could be made in those guys a year or two down the line. So you've got a manager that's clearly shown himself to be a right good manager. He's already won a trophy. He's in Rangers cocktails. And you've got a guy who clearly knows how to identify a player and identify talent and spend the money wisely. That was the thing always about Celtic in recent years. They spent a lot of money, but the secret is that you spend it wisely, and Celtic weren't spending it wisely enough. They certainly are now under Ange Postecoglou. We've got some football fortnight ahead of us. Two weeks tonight, Celtic against Rangers. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. The breaking transfer news today is that Celtic are on the verge of signing MK Dons midfielder Matt O'Reilly. There's been quite a bit of interest in the player. The noises uh, from uh, down south are that uh, Blackburn and Swansea were two who were interested, talking about uh, Blackburn. Um, Their link with Ryan Hedges of Aberdeen doesn't go away either. I just wonder whether that deal is going to happen with Hedges out of contract in the summer. Uh, he was part of the Aberdeen team last night, which drew 1-1 with uh, Rangers. We've been talking a lot about that game, the, the incidents, the talking points, and uh, Giovanni van Bronckhorst pretty diplomatic, as he tends to be, even when talking about the double yellow for Ryan Kent. It's a physical game with a lot of tackles, you know, with a lot of duels, so you, you know there's going to be yellow cards uh, on both sides. It's, uh, it's a decision uh, by the ref. He just got booked a little bit before, so... You know, every every chance you make a foul, you know the the fans will uh, we're gonna we're gonna scream. It's normal in a place like this. So with ten men, I think we uh, we did well and worked hard to uh, to get the point. It was pretty philosophical, Barry Ferguson, wasn't he? Really, just about on everything. You know, some of the decisions that maybe he felt went against Rangers, um, and he was pretty happy 
uh, as you were at the top of the show with a point out yeah. of that difficult game I don't think he's making any excuses Rob I, I, I just think he's been honest that Rangers um, didn't have their best game and in the grand scheme of things coming away with a point when you don't play well is not a bad result um, and I actually think with Ryan Kent where it was never a ascending off in terms of the two bookings I actually think it helped Rangers because Rangers then sat back mm. and made it difficult for Aberdeen to get through them um, and listen the bus journey down the road you're always disappointed not to get three points but sometimes you just look at it look at the bigger picture and think look we weren't great today at least we've got a point and then we move forward and Joe Aribo is clearly a big miss massive at the moment Rob, isn't he massive he's been Rangers best player by a country mile and I think the Rangers fans I think they would all agree with me they would be desperate for him to get signed up my new contract because um, I'm sure there's clubs that I've been impressed with his performances for Rangers but also I've watched the two games for Nigeria and he's been the standout player for, for Nigeria as well um, so it's important that Rangers keep a, lo- a, a hold of Joe Arebo to at least the summer because um, he's such an important player and as I said he's been Rangers best player this season OK, Aberdeen 1, Rangers 1 uh, after Celtic had beaten Hibs 2-0 Monday night of course it is four points of a difference at the top of the Premiership that Old Firm game is two weeks away two weeks tonight let's talk to Terry who's a Celtic fan hi Terry Hi Rob, hi Mark, hi Barry how you doing? How you doing Terry? Hi you're, Terry You're sounding lively <laughs> Yeah, he's very lively. First off, I need to congratulate Morelis and his call-up. It's much merited. <laughs> Are you delighted that <laughs> Columbia have recalled him? Oh, yes, that's a good... As I say, he's been, he's been playing well the last few weeks, so well-deserved. So a good week for, for you so far with uh, with that 2-0 win against Hibs Monday night uh, and then Rangers dropping points last night. Well, yeah, it's been a good week, but we can't get carried away. As I've always said to you last week, full of cliches, you Celtic just need to keep doing their own thing and concentrating in the game. So the other night, I the, the football was really entertaining. It was bums off seat stuff, and I just think we're starting to resemble a good strong squad with quality coming off the bench as well as the starting eleven, and that's what we've been needing. So getting into the second half of the season, I'm just delighted with it. I say the guys had the ground running the other night: Hatati, Maeda, and obviously we still get guys to come back. Like Beaton was injured, Turnbull, Julian. Mm. And obviously that's Matt O'Reilly, so plenty of quality. Uh, but my other point was really about guys that they get criticised in the team, like Starfelt and Taylor. I thought they were outstanding the other night as well. Taylor was he gives us that balance. I know he gets criticised a lot, but he plays really well. And uh, even Jack Amakis, a different option altogether. Uh, he came on and just just a guy holding the ball up, winning fouls. It was. It was good to see you at the game with, with something like that that option up front. So I, I'm just I'm just happy with the squad at the moment. And Ange Postecoglou, Mark, hasn't got too much wrong so far, has he, in the transfer market? Which yeah. would make you think that maybe Yakimakis is gonna gonna come good. I, I like Yakimakis. I mean, it's only you know fleeting glance. I remember he's he's, he's winning goal against uh, St Johnston three four months ago. Lovely finish. So it's just about him getting into a rhythm and, and, and trying to, you know, avoid uh, injury. There'll be nobody more frustrated than, than the player. Um, and, you know, bear in mind that Kyogo's out there now. There could be an opportunity for, come in, for him to come in and make his mark. And, and as Terry says, he brings something a wee bit different um, to, to the team. And you're always looking for um, for variation in the style of play, you know, keeping the, the opposition guessing, etc., etc. The point about Starfield and Taylor, I've always liked Greg Taylor. 
it was a solid 7 mm. out of 10 um, Rob now one of the things that's unfortunate for, for Greg Taylor is is you're always going to be compared to Kieran Tierney which is natural uh-huh. but Kieran Tierney's a £25 million player when he left Celtic I think Barry thinks he's probably a 60 or 70 million pound player now so you're never mm. going to get better than Kieran Tierney it was impossible to get better than Kieran Tierney and I like Greg Taylor at Kilmarnock under Steve Clark I thought he was terrific attacking full back good he's a wee bit stop start as well Wednesday. but I think he can make that left back position his own I think he is that good um, and Starfelt I thought he showed a, a bit of aggression on Monday night that I'd like to see I think sometimes he's maybe looked um, as if he's lacked that I don't, a wee bit timid now and mm-hmm. again but if that, if he's going to introduce that into his game and maybe he's saying well I can see Julian coming uh, mm. and my place are ready to come into the team Welsh looks as if he's not going anywhere etc etc so he's maybe thinking right okay settling in period getting to know the game getting to know his teammates and um, he could well look the part and for all Celtic have had their troubles in defence uh, this season they've made a massive step by signing Joe Hart and unless I'm mistaken, another clean sheet on Monday night, they've got the, the best defensive record mm. uh, in the SPFL. So even though they've had teething problems, one or two issues, it says a lot that they've still got such a good record at the back. Do you think, Terry, the Celtic supporters in general share your view about Starfelt? Do you think the, the, the opinion, the general opinion is changing about him now? It's definitely changing, and as Mark pointed there, that was something I noticed. It. Well, me and my friends noticed the other night as well. He was showing a bit more aggression. But I don't know if maybe he knows Julian's ready, nearly nearly ready for the team as well here. So he's he's up in his game. But no, I was really really pleased with him. And it, it makes a lot of passes during the game as well. As much as Vickers kind of clears up and does the kind of nasty work, whereas he's good with the ball at his feet now distributing it. So no, yeah, good performance for the guy. I'm happy with him. You've watched. Them, you'd have watched that game, particularly Monday night, really closely, Barry, because you're playing Celtic in the Cup uh, at the weekend. You would have looked at Starfelt and, and Carter Vickers, what they do, what they don't do. Yeah, but I'll go in first in terms of Greg Taylor. He, he's one of them, he's a manager's dream. You don't need to worry about Greg Taylor. He's the one that you know what you're going to get week in, week out. Steady Eddie, that's what Greg Taylor is. And Mark makes a brilliant point. I've got to admit, I've got to remember who he was replacing. A top quality left back in Kieran Tierney, who for me is one of the top left backs about in British football. Um, but in terms of Starfelt, I think Carter Vickers has settled more quickly than Starfelt. That's been the, the issue with, with Starfelt. Look, he's looked a bit rocky at times, there's no doubt about it. But listen, I've seen it with many players when I was at Rangers, when foreign players come in. This Scottish game is difficult. It's 100 mile an hour, he's probably no used to that so it's going to take him a bit of time but unfortunately you don't get a lot of time at the old fun but certainly Monday night against Hibs he did look a lot more physical maybe this last three weeks is a bit of thinking time he's went away and thought about it and says right I need to be more physical because Carter Vickers can handle the, the physical side of the game plus with Julian on mm. the way back he needs to perform because he, he don't perform mm. Postacoglu looks like the type of manager if you don't perform on a Saturday or a Wednesday whenever the game is you bow the team and somebody will burn I know a lot of Celtic fans when the pre-transfer window Terry were, were probably thinking that central defender was maybe a position that, that Celtic would strengthen but uh, are, are you happy with this scenario there when, it, when it's Carter Vickers and Starfelt and you've got Julian coming back and you've got Stephen Welsh who maybe uh, can develop from where he is under the management of Andrew Postacoglu no, I'm definitely happy with the back four we've got now for the second half of the season. That, yeah, that should that should set, do as well for going forward here. Uh, 
maybe another backup left back uh, for, for Taylor. But mm-hmm. then we've obviously got options where Alson can go to right back and Juranovic can go over to the left. So, to say, we've got plenty of options now, plenty of quality. And I'm just glad that the first time in a long time, obviously, we played the four Rangers this week and we put a wee bit of pressure on. And then, obviously, points were dropped last night. So, we just need to keep doing that. And, uh, hi. Well, may continue. How do you think the Celtic squad compares to Rangers? Ah, oh, yeah, Rangers are the champions, Rob. They're still the benchmark. <laughs> the old Martin O'Neill benchmark. <laughs> uh, he's no daft. Old cliche there. Um, the Terry. <laughs> but see, in terms of the, the Celtic signings, the one that's been underneath everybody's Juranovic, I think. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's talking, and rightly so, about Kyogo, who scored the goals. Jota's looked apart. Juranovic has a find. I don't mm-hmm. know how much he cost. What was it? Two million, two and a half million. Two pounds? to three, yeah. He, he's he's a player. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, an international mm-hmm. player. Um, looks to have a lot of quality. Uh, quality buzz bomb. He can get up and down. Um, he's been. He's always impressed me. Mm-hmm. Every time I watch Celtic, he stood out. He, he has, and I, and I think I'd make the same point on the opposite side of the pitch. I don't think. I think Celtic have now, for the first time, found a replacement for Lustig. If you think how the success of that Celtic team with Lustig one side, Tierney and the other, they were brilliant. Mm. You know, the, the, the assists that they got, the way they would pin back the opposition, defenders, I mean, Rangers had it last season with Tavernier and Baranic, absolutely brilliant, pivotal to what Rangers achieved. So Celtic lost Tierney and they lost Lustig. That took a lot of assists and a lot of experience out of their team. And then I think, as Barry says, I think you know, Rouse has been very good as well. But in terms of a new sign, I think Juranovic fills that void. And we're talking yeah. great value again, aren't we? I mean, we, we, you know, you think about how much Celtic have paid for their, their Japanese players and you look at, well, Kyogo's made a massive impact. The other three have just featured in one game, but the, the early signs are really positive about that. Then you look at that sort of money for Juranovic, who, who must be on an open market, you would think, Barry, would be would be worth more than that. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying, Rob. Exactly, and, and rightly so, in terms of Kyogo and Jota, what I was saying, the, the signings, uh, they've all impacted and, and done really well. But he's the one that's it stood out for me, Juranovic. Mm-hmm. I know go, like Kyogo scored many a goals and Jota's flashy down the, the sides, but Juranovic technically... He's very good as well. Really adaptable yeah, as well, he, isn't he? Yes, he's good on the ball um, and he looks a real athlete. And as you mentioned, that I'm not too sure what the exact fee was, around about two and a half million pounds. That looks a good bit of business. Yeah. And I guess what you would like to see Terry happening now is is for the Jota deal to go from uh, loan to permanent and, and maybe Cameron Carter Vickers as well. That if Celtic could get those two deals done in this window, that would be some success, wouldn't it? That would be some transfer window. Oh definitely. Definitely. I mean obviously Jota's just back for injury, but we've all seen what he can do. So to tie him up for was it six, six and a half million, it's a, it's a no brainer, I just hope. I just hope we can get it over the line before anybody else comes sniffing. Terry, uh, what do you what do you do with Carter Vickers? Do you go and pay six million, seven million pounds for him? Would you do that? The guy's only twenty three as well. I I think that's another no brainer. Just go for it. But then Celtic are just splashing so much cash here. It's not like us at all. <laughs> so and, and to get the business yeah, done early, Terry as well. Get business done early. Oh no, getting that done last week. I mean, you never expected that to happen so quickly. The speed players coming in it like that in the one day but aye it's, it's not like Celtic to get it but obviously but they're, they're maybe thinking ahead of the Champions League qualifiers in July and that this year as well that all starts like the 7th of July this year I'm sure so I'm just glad we've got a squad 
ready for that as well now. And it did sound, didn't it, that, that Benfica uh, were very willing to come to the table to, to discuss Jota. Um, and it's since then gone a little bit quiet. And it just makes you think that, that Celtic behind the scenes, Mark, are getting this done. You'd imagine. So, I mean, I think Celtic will be comfortable with the Jota scenario because, you know, from what we're led to believe, they do have first option. It's there in black and white. That was part of the loan agreement deal that Celtic have first option yep. at an agreed fee. The mm. fee is already agreed. So there's really probably no negotiation. The negotiation will be with the player um, in terms of his individual um, package. So, um, you know, in terms of the financial outlay, if Celtic think, well, we'd rather do A, B and C just now and leave Jota to the summer because we know Jota's ours if we want him, provide we can agree personal terms. And the player, you'd imagine, is enjoying himself, looks to be enjoying his time at Celtic, life in Glasgow. So you'd imagine that he would be open to making the deal um, permanent uh, as well. So I don't think it's a it's a rush if, if, if Michael Nicholson and Ange Postacoglu need to get players such as Hitati done and if it's a Riley today or tomorrow and then Jota's one they can be a bit more relaxed about because a lot of the groundwork is, is already in place. Are you thinking ahead, Terry, to two weeks tonight? No, I'm thinking ahead to Saturday, the Aloha game. Oh, one game, one game at a time, what a man you are. <laughs> if Barry's getting any tickets, send them on. <laughs> £18, pound, Terry. <laughs> For the home end. <laughs> Teddy, good to hear from you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's Celtic's next big game, Saturday tea time um, against Alloa in the Scottish Cup. Teddy, good to hear from you. Cheers, lads. Cheers, Teddy. Cheers, Teddy. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat, and more. The Go Radio Football Show on a Wednesday with the Taxi Centre, Barry Ferguson, Mark Guidi, Rob McLean and the breaking news. We are the home of the breaking football news, of course. And in the course of this show, we have told you that uh, Alfredo Morelos of Rangers has been recalled to the Colombian national squad. They have games upcoming um, and he's going to miss the old firm game. Uh, And it's big news, Barry, isn't it? Massive news. Um, I actually thought he was out the picture with the Colombian national team. Um, so I think that news coming through that he'll miss the, the old firm game um, will be a huge blow um, for me since Gio's come in and took over as manager I think if you ask any Ranger supporter and I've watched all the games he's he's certainly backed his, his best no doubt about it so for him to be missing the game in the 2nd of February is a huge blow um, to the Rangers team and presumably the Colombian national coach has been watching these games as well and he's seen him coming back to form, scoring goals, looking fitter and sharper and that will be why he's got the international recall, Mark. Yeah, it will be. I mean, he has looked the, the part. He didn't have a particularly good game last night, considered the penalty kick, but over the piece in the past two months, he's, he's looked like the Alfredo Morelos that, that Rangers want him to be, that Rangers need him. Um, to be, you know, start with the correct application and work rate, and then turning that into into goals um, and assists. So if, if you've still get, I mean, the, if it all focuses on the old firm game, then it's a fortnight tonight. Mm-hmm. It's due. So if Morelos is definitely away, every chance of Ebo will still be away. Yeah. Now, does the is there, is there the potential for Sands to be called up to the American national team? I don't know what, what the USA's fixtures are or what what they've got. Up, but you actually could find that it's Rangers perhaps looking to postpone 
Mm-hmm. All the chat was going to be Celtic between Tom Rogers and two or three Japanese players. Well, Kyogo's injured. I don't think he's going to get called up by, by, by Japan. So Celtic might not have enough players called up various countries to ask for a, pos- a postponement. But maybe Rangers will. So you don't know. So it's going to be interesting, Rob, how this all unfolds mm. um, over the next six or seven days. And then you have the question, if you go to that point where you think, right, someone's going to want the game postponed, maybe both of them are going to want the game postponed, where do you put it, Barry? Yeah, exactly, Rob, that's what I was going to say. I, I, don't th- I remember Neil Doncaster coming out when obviously they brought the winter break um, forward. There's no windows for any more games to be called off. Now, if this game is going to get called off, where do you play it? I, I don't see it. And you were mentioned, is it going to go back to one of these ones where four games in a week or four games in the space eight or nine days? Then the quality becomes mm. erratic. Um, so, and especially when you're talking a game of this magnitude. Yeah, it's a massive game. It's two two clubs that are going head to head to try and win um, a title that's worth 35, 40 million pounds. But, but for me, that is a key point. So whether you're Ange Postecoglou or Giovanni Van Bronck, we'll see. We'll see how this all unfolds over the next few days. Now this might be end up becoming totally redundant because either club only has one or two 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 players away. So mm. there's not there's not the avenue to explore to ask for a postponement from the SPFL. But if either manager or both managers have three players away, if you think that the players that you have away are going to decrease your chances of winning the old firm game, then if I'm the manager, for me it's a no-brainer, Rob, you ask for the postponement. Yes, it, you know, you cross that bridge when it comes to it in terms of when the game would be replayed. Sky unhappy, some supporters have made travelling plans that they may have to be unhappy. But if you've got the avenue to ask for postponement and you don't ask for it and you end up losing the game, as I say, whether you're Giovanni Van Bronckhurst or Ange Postecoglou, you're putting your own neck in the line. Because if you lose the game right away, you say, why did you not ask for that postponement? When it's so tight that if I'm the manager and that avenue is open and I believe that when I, I'd rather wait till these players are back now it might mean three games in seven days but I'd, I'd rather go with that because the, 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 there's no margin uh, for error. So like I say, it might be totally redundant but it'll be interesting to see what, what happens over the next few days. Yeah, it could develop into a massive story, this, in the in the coming days. Just looking at the the Nigerian team um, appearing on the screen in front of us in the studio, um, the ticker tape going along the bottom, telling us that Joe Rebo's not playing for Nigeria tonight, and that's maybe not surprising, because as you say, Barry, he's been outstanding for them so far. They've already qualified from the group, so he doesn't really need to play uh, in this game against Guinea-Bissau. Yep, I, I'm not surprised he's not playing there. As you mentioned there, Rob, they're already qualified. Um, and I've actually watched, as I mentioned earlier on, I've watched two um, in Nigeria's game for the simple fact that he's been playing and he's been outstanding. He's, his form's just carried on um, into the African Nations Cup. Um, and he looks a, a top, top player. He, he just looks a player that's full of confidence. And as I said, he's went up. A, a level or two um, he's becoming the complete midfielder Rob he's, he's got everything in the locker he can pass the ball he can dribble with the ball he's strong and powerful and he's done the hardest thing in the game and he's added goals to his game Thanks to producer Joe who's pointed out that uh, USA play El Salvador Canada and Honduras on uh, 28, 30 January and 3rd of February so uh, if James Sand does get called up to the USA national squad 
uh, then he would be on that list, Mark, that you were talking about. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know what the, the state of play of that's going to be. But like I say, if I end up having three players away and I'm either manager, then I look for the postponement, Rob, if I think it's it, it, it means that you're giving your team a lesser chance of winning the game and you take you take the gamble for what comes later in the season when the fixture um, is actually played. Because if you don't, you're leaving yourself wide open and um, why would you as a manager why would you run the risk of leaving it wide open if you end up losing that that game now they might think that um, no I'm, I'm fine I'm happy what I've got then okay absolutely crack on but if you've got any doubt at all for me as a manager you ask for a postponement because you've got a duty to yourself to your club to your supporters you do what is right to give yourself the best possible chance of winning the game and if that means asking for a postponement then that's what you do if you've just switched on you wonder what we're talking about um, that probably happened quite a lot uh, we are talking about <laughs> Alfredo Morelos uh, being recalled to the Colombian national squad um, for upcoming internationals uh, because of his uh, recent form for Rangers clearly um, and that will mean he will miss uh, the old firm game which is a fortnight uh, tonight just wanted to ask you um, I mean Mark touched on this his, his low-key performance last night Morelos he wasn't uh, in the same sort of fettle that he was before the, the winter break uh, how big a factor in that game last night is Scott Brown and uh, getting and, and the mind games that he plays in a in a game like that um, he, he was he, he featured pretty large didn't he in some in, in some big incidents in the game yeah he, look you know what you're going to get for Scott Brown um, he's an experienced player. That's part of his game. He's 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 in people's faces. He winds people up. He, that's I've got no issue with that. It's just how you deal with that when you're coming up against. Does he does he get inside Morelos's head? Oh, no, I Listen, there's been a ding dong between the two for the last two or three years. I actually don't mind it. Um, no, I don't think it gets inside uh, Morelos's head. I, I think at the start he get wound up with him. Mm. I think he's learned as he's went on. Um, but there's a there's been a bit of needle between the two for a number of years as there's been a bit of needle between Scott Brown and Rangers since he, he, he signed with Celtic um, but that's just part of the game Look, in terms of the Kent one he, he's doing it I've done it myself when you know a player's coming across you go to play up the line you roll about if you've been shot um, and obviously yeah, Kent gets a yellow card but look he's an experienced player that's part of the part of Scott Brown's makeup. Um, and I have no issues with that. He's a big factor, isn't he, for Aberdeen, who yeah. will, will look to to build on that result. I mean, that's them drawn twice with Rangers this season. They lost to Celtic with a late a late goal, the Jota late goal. Um, so they're doing well, Aberdeen, against the 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 bigger teams, the better teams, struggling to get results maybe against the bottom half teams so far. But uh, I mean, Scott Brown has just got that winning mentality, and and you can see uh, the the part he plays last night, even when he's not involved. He's he's got that big game um, mentality, as you say uh, about him, and I'm sure that's rubbed off. Um, other players with like Sir Johnny Hayes has, has worked with him. He's been a teammate, so he knows exactly what's required. I'd been interested. Barry would, would know, but but it would be interesting to like for for example have a conversation with Lewis Ferguson, who's now worked with with Scott Brown for seven or eight months, and and said to him, right, what has he done to improve you? You know, okay, yes, as a player on the park, but off the park your levels of professionalism, your big game mentality, your your ability to, to get in the players uh, and, the, uh, and the opposition players um, uh, 
is like I say, I think I think Lewis Ferguson has kicked on again. Aberdeen, as you well know, Rob, they had a sticky spell, what, six, seven, eight weeks. Ten they, games without a win. Yeah, so it now looks as though they're, they're coming out the other side. That a really good result for them, positive result and performance last night to kick off uh, the second half of, of the campaign. Um, you know, there was probably a time seven, eight weeks ago where we were all thinking Stephen Glass isn't going to survive. He's going to lose mm. his job. But he appears to come out of it at the other side as well. And I would imagine having somebody like Scott Brown has been absolutely pivotal to that. Just try to keep a level of calmness when there's a lot of a lot of noise and a lot of negativity going on. You say, okay, you can understand why, because we've no one in nine or ten games, but we believe in what we're doing. We've got a young manager, let's back him, let's see what we can do. And a guy like Scott Brown has, has probably helped come through that kind of that storm. His reading of the game is crucial, isn't it? Because, I mean, the legs aren't doing what they once did for, for, for Scott Brown. But when you're anticipating where the ball's going to be and where you need to be, which he does so well, then, you know, you, you can counteract that, Barry, can't that, you? That's experience, Rob. That just comes with having years of experience and playing. You know you've not got the legs and, listen, your mind will do it, but your legs will not take you there. So that's him. It's a reading of the game. It's just be playing week in, week out at the top level. And um, he, he will, listen, it was interesting for Scott Brown, when Scott Brown went to Aberdeen, obviously him and Lewis had a, a few um, scenarios on the pitch when um, Celtic played against Aberdeen. But I think Scott Brown being there and being that anchor in the midfield allows Lewis then to, to go and break forward. And that's what I, I mean, we've spoken about it mm. a number of times, Rob, and I'm sure Mark will agree with me. I like when Lewis has let off a leash and he can get into people's faces. He can make the runs into the box. Um, so I think two of them have, have struck up a, a really good partnership. Just summing up, Mark, uh, at the end of the show, the big, no doubt about the, the couple of big stories we've we've brought uh, to everyone tonight. One that Matt O'Reilly uh, seems to be on the verge of signing for Celtic, the MK Dons midfielder, um, but overtaken in terms of prominence, I guess, in the course of the show by the fact that the news that Morelos is in the Colombian squad uh, and the coming days will tell us um, whether or not there's going to be a move by either Celtic or Rangers to have this game in the fortnight's time called off. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting three or four days exactly on that front, Rob, what you say. Um, good Scottish Cup weekend coming up as well. Celtic being active in the market again. Matt O'Reilly looks as if it's going to be, be signing. Um, Rangers, I think, are going to be active in the market in the next two or three days as well. I think the John Suter deal will get done. Uh, I think that will become permanent um, over the course of the next three or four days. So both clubs being active but the big one to keep an eye on now is, is, is all the international squads start getting announced for games over the next two or three weeks is what happens with, with Celtic and Rangers and, and what happens to this old firm game on February the 2nd. 12 days left of that uh, transfer window and we are 14 days away from uh, Celtic against Rangers. Will it happen? Uh, will there be a call for a postponement? Uh, lots to come in the coming days and you'll find out about it first right here. Back tomorrow night, live at five. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Visit their showroom in Darnley, Glasgow to test drive your new taxi. Let's go, go, go. 
Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With Taxi Trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees, They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only.